Test, test. Check, check, check. Oh, that works. Okay, good. Morning, everybody. Morning. All right, it's going to be an interesting service. Got some things not working. Internet's a little fritzy, so uh, we're just going to roll with it. Just go with it. God's going to do some things. So, um, yeah. First off, I want to start by uh, Pastor Eric's not here. He was really trying to make it. He's got some super bad. His back is like, owie. I know that sounds funny. No, like it's really bad, and he was trying all he could, and he's, you know, he's called us this morning at 7, and he's like, hey, I, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm going to try. You know, he went, he got in the shower. He couldn't get out of the shower, so it's really bad. So if, uh, what I'd like to do right now, let's just pray for him. 
if anything, you know, it's, it's, it's what we should do. It's, it's the most we can do. It's in God's hands. I just want the poor man healed, you know. It's frustrating. If anybody's ever had a, uh, a hurt back, it sucks. It's like when you can't get up, you, every, everything you do hurts. It's rough. And he's been, we know he's been dealing with that for a long time. He does have his surgery coming up pretty soon. So let's pray for that and that God does some healing. I don't remember dates. There's too much up here. If I start remembering dates, other things are going to go out. Uh, Sure, Andrew, if you want to come up and pray, that's fine. I'd love that. You can use the pod mic. Heavenly Father, we just come to you at the foot of the cross, dear Lord, and we ask for your embracing love to be with Pastor Eric today, and Jehovah Ratha, Jehovah Nisi, El Royal should die. We pray a special healing upon his body, dear Lord. Cast the devil's deceit and just bring him victory, dear Lord. We ask for your peace to pass all understanding and, and the pain that he goes through, and all those that are praying for him and the surgery that's coming up and just be with the service today too, Father. And we, we open our heart and to, to, to draw closer to you in each and every way that you give us the embracing love that uh, brings us to victory. And just guide his soul as the, he gets ready for surgery. Give him strength and healing, dear Lord. That, I know that's just so painful, Father. I've had some pains, but nothing like that. And then, you know, being... Hurt in the middle of surgery isn't the greatest thing in the world either. But we just we have a we have a Lord that the healer that restores and brings victory to each and every one of us when we get off the bounce, being dear Lord, and we we praise you and we honor you in your wonderful, precious name. Be with our church family in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, and Pastor, if you're watching, get better, buddy. We love you. Okay, so we're going to do worship how we've done a couple times in the past. It's a little different, but uh, we're going to see how it goes. Internet's fritzy, so worst case, I'm going to bust out the vocals, okay? (laughs) All right, if I can remember how to use this. Oh, sure. There we go. If we can all stand and worship, hopefully. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore me. Hope of a life. Spent with you Here I am to worship Here I am to bow down Here I am to say that You're my God You're all together lovely All together worthy All together wonderful too So highly exalted 
Good morning, church. How are we today? We're making it. I just have a few announcements today, and it's just we have our weekly Wednesday night Bible study that we do here at 6 o'clock, and if you're not already involved with it, please just let one of us know, and we will make sure you get the book to join us. It's an amazing experience, and it's opening so many of our eyes to things we didn't even think of and having us pray over things that we didn't have in our prayer life currently. And it's amazing how much we're all growing together as a group and individually with Jesus. We also have Sunday mornings. Usually we have Miss Jerry doing Bible class downstairs, 9 a.m. So if you have any questions, you can contact us, and we will get you in contact with Miss Jerry. She's not here today. Otherwise, I'd say go to her. But we will get you the information on what she's teaching about. And they have a great time downstairs together before they all come up here and join all of us. And um, we also have Sandwich Sunday coming up in a couple weeks on June 4th. And the theme is Sandwiches and Sides. So if you would like to bring something and join us, we would love to have you join us. And then the last thing is we have our graduation night for the seniors at the high school coming up soon. It is on Friday, June 2nd. We're going to meet here at 6.30 to load everything up and take it down. It's going to be in Jackson at the Lawton Ranch down in town. So there is a sign up. If you are able to help us, it, the event ends at 10 o'clock. The part we're doing at least ends at 10. So if you could come help us, that would be amazing help for us. And I think that is all. So we're going to take the time to meet and greet right now. And bear with me, I'm going to switch between things.
So if I can have Mr. Hugh, he's offering today. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings. And just a reminder, if you're online, um, you can go to mtzchurch.org. Click on the online giving. It's quick. It's simple. I do it personally. So that's just always another option. But uh, here's Mr. Hugh. I pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are gathered here together, and now is the time that we give the offering, keeping in mind that the offering is to put forward to God's purpose. So please have the people keep that in mind, and when the offering is gathered together, then let there be responsible people that decide on the utilization of that offering. In the name of your Son, Jesus, amen. And thank you. Thank you, Mr. Hill. Ushers, you can come forward and receive that. While we're waiting on that, uh, we are. Oh, it looks like all the kids already went down. I was going to say, hey, the kids can go down and be there um, for that for Sunday school. Uh, anybody have allergies this week? <laughs> Who? Isabel? Oh, I got something for you, Isabel. Had something for you. Here. Oh, I'll give you the Virgie thing. You'll be able to hear. Put this in your ear. Just let them blow them out. We won't, we won't, <laughs> well, beat, we won't beat me up one. either. There you go. Oh, thank you. That's hooked we'll to this it, we'll and everything else. Through. So now you can hear. Oh, boy, what happened here? All right, here we go. So if you could stand with us, let's uh, see if we can get some worship on. Please, Lord, let the internet work. All right, that's good so far.
melody of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever say Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe
before I start the, uh, the message. Father God, Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day. Father, I pray that no matter what craziness has been going on this morning, Lord, I, I pray that just fill this room with your spirit. Help us to uh, hear your message. May your, your words come from my mouth. Father, we, we pray that... Uh, whatever you have for us this morning, that we receive it. And it doesn't just go in one ear and out the other, Father. We thank you for this time. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. We thank you for this service being able to happen. We thank you for internet. So, Lord, thank you so much for just how it's going, and it's going. And I love you, and I praise you, and I thank you for just this church and where we're headed. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, guys, well, here we go. So this morning, uh, Pastor called me, so about 7 o'clock, and uh, man, the hurt in his voice. So he goes, hey, you got something? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I was able to get together and... Uh, we're going to let the, the Lord run this one. So here we go. I wanted to talk to you guys today about a spirit-filled life. And I think this is, it fits. Um, if any of you are coming to our Wednesday night Bible studies, that is just, Ben, I can't stress enough how awesome that devotional is and what that is. And this, um, what the message today is going to kind of touch on things that we're going through in that Wednesday night devotional. So some of you guys might recognize some of it. So here we go. Um, we, uh, so in today, we live uh, in a day of increasing, increasing energy shortages. You know, and the world has ever increasing energy demands. 
and not can't keep up with the the needs the the supply power outages especially for us up here are happening more frequently whether it be weather or well it's all a lot of weather <laughs> whether it's snow whether it's wind you know a branch falling on a tree the cost of heating and cooling um, how about just driving our cars that gas I mean come on we're all feeling that um, all the talk about, you know, global warming and there's this, like, need for a search of some kind of renewable energy source. Under these conditions, it would be inconceivable if a great number of people had access to a free and readily available source of energy but failed to use it. And yet many Christians seemingly do this very thing with regard to the Christian life. God has provided us an inexhaustible, free, readily available source of power to live the Christian life. And yet, we don't always use it. That's that power that God has given us to overcome temptation and sin. Many Christian workers uh, they oftentimes, especially in small churches like this, they get overworked and burn out really quick. And a lot of that can be because they're not tapping into that power that God offers us through his indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And then so the subject today of our text is the Spirit-filled life. It's vital for every Christian to understand and to practice this. As often as it, it's been said that the Christian life is not difficult, it's absolutely impossible apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 15, verse 5, Apart from me, you can do nothing. But in, some, in the same context, he repeatedly promises to send the Holy Spirit to live in us as the divine helper. So the Christian life must be a spirit-filled life. To walk wisely, to redeem the time in the evil days. To understand the will of the Lord and live in light of it. We must be filled with the spirit. To live wisely in these evil days, you must live continually under the control of the Holy Spirit. Paul draws a rather interesting contrast um, which also has some points of comparison. If we look at Ephesians uh, chapter 5 verse 18 he says do not get drunk with wine for that is dissipation but be filled with the spirit. So some have argued about the text here as far as um, the Greek because of the not utilizing capital letters they say Paul meant be filled in your human spirit. But if you look, the same Greek phrase, it occurs four other times in Ephesians, and each time it refers clearly to the Holy Spirit. We see this Ephesians 2.18 and verse 22, chapter 3, verse 5, chapter 6, verse 18. So what I come to, to uh, gather from that is Paul was probably thinking of the accusation leveled against the believers who were filled in the spirit on the day of Pentecost. That they were drunk with wine, it says in Acts 2. You know, that's what they were accusing them of. So Paul means that rather than be filled with wine so as to be under its influence, Christians should be filled with the Holy Spirit so as to be under his influence. The Spirit is the one who empowers and works in and through us, but we have to trust in him to work. So the wise way to deal with these evil days is, would be to live continually under the control of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, if we go to the last half of the verse in 18, by, uh, we see, I want to kind of deal with that section. Um, so what is the filling of the Holy Spirit? Let's talk about that for a little bit. There, there seems to be some confusion, confusion about what that is. So I'm going to kind of clarify it. So let's start. What, what it is? What is the filling of the Holy Spirit? To be filled with the Holy Spirit is to live with every conscious area of your life yielded to the Spirit's control. Just as a person filled with wine is under the influence or control of the wine, so the person filled with the Spirit is under the Spirit's control. Furthermore, Paul is talking here primarily about a condition of increasing spiritual maturity, not about a momentary experience. Okay. The present tense of the verb indicates an ongoing condition so that the person may be characterized as full of the Holy Spirit. For example, if we look in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it describes Jesus as full of the Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 6, verse 3, the apostles direct the early church to select seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, to help with the need of serving the widows. One of the men, Stephen, is described in chapter 6, verse 5, as a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Later in Acts chapter 11, verse 24, Barnabas is described as a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. So the phrase, full of the Holy Spirit, describes a person who habitually lives with every area of his life under the control of the Spirit. He is not self-willed man, but a spirit-controlled man. The fullness of the spirit does not mean that he once had a dramatic experience, but rather that he consistently walks with his life yielded to the Holy Spirit so that the fruit of the spirit characterizes his life. To be filled with the spirit is to live with the word of God empowering every area of your life. So I want to look at Ephesians 5.18 and how it's parallel, paralleled with Colossians 3.16. Both texts are followed by joyful singing, thankfulness of God, and instructions about wives and husbands, children and parents, and slaves and masters. But in Colossians 3.16, rather than saying, be filled with the Spirit, Paul says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. So there's an old rule in mathematics, and things that equal to the same thing are equal to one another. To be filled with the word is equal in result to being filled with the Spirit then it should be clear that the word-filled Christian is the spirit-filled Christian. As the word of Christ dwells in us richly, controls all of our ways. As we walk in obedience to the word, the spirit of God fills and dominates and controls us to the glory of Lord Jesus Christ. So to be spirit-filled Christian you must be growing in your understanding and application of God's word. How do we do that? You know, for me, it's, it's really hard. I've been really focusing on really diving into the word me. Because sometimes I get so wrapped up, whether I'm writing a sermon or I'm... Tr I'm doing Bible time with me and Anna, or Bible time with me and the kids. Sometimes I forget about Bible time, me and God. So it, it's really hard. It's something you 
constantly have to work on and grow in for me. To be filled with the Spirit involves an ever-deepening relationship with God through the Spirit. We need to remember that the Holy Spirit is a person, not a force. To be filled with the Spirit is not a mechanical formula that you just go through where you, you pull this lever and the, let's call it the Holy Spirit lever and all the goodies come pouring out. It doesn't work like that. It's, it's more like a relationship with God through his indwelling spirit. This relationship is ever-deepening. So if it's ever-deepening, that means there's a difference between a newer spirit-filled believer and a more spirit a more mature spirit filled believer both are filled but the mature saint is more filled than the younger believer is there are degrees of filling that correspond with the degree of spiritual understanding and surround and surrender as you grow in the word the spirit reveals new areas that you need to surrender to his control and I believe this because how many of us has ever, let's say you read Acts. You probably read it, you know, 10, 15 times. But you'll read it that 16th time, and the Holy Spirit's like, makes something pop out, and you go, what? It's like you're reading it for the first time. It, this happened to me on numerous occasions. I go, I've read this thing, and probably never, that has never popped out to me. And that's, that's Holy Spirit right there, just revealing something. And your capacity of being filled with the Spirit changes over time. To be filled with the Spirit includes special times of God granting extraordinary power for service. So in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, we see all that were gathered in the upper room on the day of Pentecost were filled with the Spirit. Peter went on to preach to the crowd, resulting in over 3,000 thousand conversions but then in Acts chapter 4 verse 8 without any indication that Peter has lost his previous feeling with the spirit we read that he has filled again just before he spoke to another crowd it was special anointing for a special task later when Peter and John gathered with the church to report about their arrest after they all had prayed they all were filled with the Spirit, so that they began to speak the Word of God with boldness. And we see that same thing with Paul. He was filled with the Spirit just after his conversion with Ananias. And some years later, on the first missionary journey, when he had to confront Elemas, the magician, he was filled with the Holy Spirit for that event. So I kind of want to go over, I've been going over what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's go over what it's not. So what the filling of the Holy Spirit is not. The filling of the Spirit is not the same as the baptism or the sealing of the Spirit. Often you will hear that you must receive the baptism of the Spirit subsequent to your salvation. This is supposedly based on certain passages and acts where the baptism of the Spirit and the filling of the Spirit are equated. Also, some argue that the sealing of the Spirit is an experience to be sought subsequent to salvation. My understanding is that while the initial outpouring or giving of the Holy Spirit in Acts is identified both as the baptism of the Spirit and the filling of the Spirit. After that transitional period, all believers are baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. All believers are indwelled by the Holy Spirit from the moment of conversion. And all believers are sealed with the Spirit the moment they are saved. 
We are never commanded to be baptized in the Spirit or to be sealed with the Spirit, but we are commanded to be filled with the Spirit. The baptism and sealing of the Spirit are facts to be believed. The filling of the Spirit is a habitual condition that we must seek. The filling of the Spirit is not a once-and-for-all experience that elevates you to a higher plane. Sometimes in charismatic circles and in devotional literature, being filled with the Spirit is prompted as a one-time dramatic experience that will transfer you to a higher place or a higher plane, like your next level, leveling up or something. And it, it's falsely said, you know, they make it seem like you're at this place where you won't, temptation can't touch you and, you know, you'll be can't be tempted or sin for the rest of your life, and that's just not true. You know, so, some people might see amazing life-transforming experiences and amazing results, while at the same time, they tend to give less effort because of it. I want to experience all of the Spirit's fullness and power that He is pleased to give me. But it is not helpful or biblically sound to think that I should seek a dramatic experience. That removes me from the daily battles against sin or the difficulty, setbacks, and frustrations that inevitably go along with ministry or in a fallen world. Paul had these difficulties the whole time, up until his death. Being filled with the Spirit does not shortcut the need to discipline myself for the purpose of godliness. It will not advance me to instant maturity or deliver me from difficult situations that require steadfast perseverance. The filling of the Spirit is not an irrational, emotional experience. And we've all seen, like, uh, in some revivals and stuff like that, that there's weird people barking like dogs or laughing uncontrollably, um, being in, like, a uh, catatonic state where they just don't move for hours or days. Sometimes it is said that you have not spoken in tongues or been slain in the Spirit, where you pass out or you fall over backwards or not been filled with the Spirit if you haven't done those things. But even if the gift of tongues is valid for today, Paul is clear not all speak in tongues. But all are to be filled with the Spirit. As for being slain in the Spirit or the other weird manifestations, there are no valid biblical examples or exhortations for these things. They don't lead to growth in godliness. So how can I experience a spirit-filled life? And we kind of covered a couple of these things and what they're not. But you need to understand a certain, a couple of facts. As we've seen, if you believe in Christ, you're your, if you have believed in Christ as your Lord, Lord and Savior, God has given you the Holy Spirit to indwell in you. He commands you to be filled with the Spirit, which primarily means living with every conscious area of your life, yielded moment by moment to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You must recognize and acknowledge that you're empty. You will not seek the Spirit's control and power unless you recognize your own inadequacy and need. Often, it is a major failure or sin that drives us to our knees to cry out for the Spirit. You must confess and forsake all known sin and yield every area of your life to God. The Holy Spirit will not fill a dirty vessel. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins 
and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We see this in 1 John. We must present ourselves to God as those alive from the dead and yield our minds and bodies to him as instruments of righteousness. You must walk by faith, not by feeling. Walking implies repeatedly, moment by moment, reliance on the spirit. There will be battles between the flesh and the spirit, even in a believer who has fully yielded to him. The spirit-filled believer will still have strong desires of the flesh. In all of these situations, acknowledge your own weakness and cry out to God. That he would give you control and give you his strength. Faith is also coupled with obedience so that you avoid and flee from tempting situations. You must dwell in God's word. We have already seen this, but especially it is important to saturate your mind with the word. Memorizing it. Some, some people are good at memorizing. I'm not. Um, but being familiar with God's word and just spending time with God. Spend that time, and that's been a, a really uh, area that I'm trying to focus. In the craziness of our lives, focusing on alone time with God. Not, not like, you know, you're, also, you're doing Bible time, with, but just alone time, listening. And that's really tough. It's really tough. When you got four kids, really tough to find time. But if you don't try, it'll never happen. So as you walk this way, confessing and turning from sin, relying on the indwelling of the Spirit for His power, being obedient to His word, you will develop a habit of holiness. So uh, for like an example, you see like a toddler beginning to walk. They fall a lot. You know, when they're first trying to walk, they get up, ugh, fall, fall. But they keep trying, keep walking, and pretty soon, walking's normal. So just like everything, you've got to try at it, you've got to work at it. So your experience... You'll experience the Spirit's fullness in an ever-expanding capacity. He will control our influence, your thoughts, your emotions, your words, and your attitudes. Your schedule, your relationships, your finances, and all of your life. He does not do this as a master controls a robot, but rather using your unique personality and gifts. He fills you as... The wind fills the sails of a ship, directing you in his path of righteousness and joy. So how can we know if we're filled with the Spirit? The Spirit-filled life produces ever-deepening Christ-likeness. You'll, you'll be able to see the growth. You'll be able to see your progression. You can see it, just like... Uh, in your kids, you see how they grow. You know, it's like I remember seeing Paul, and it's like he could barely talk. Now he won't be quiet. And sometimes I don't get every word, and I'm like, "Yeah, buddy," you know. They got, but it's just like every day, and it's like they're growing and growing. Just like that, every day you're gonna pursue God, and it your progression. You should see it. So, you should see this. It's included in Christ-like character. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. should all be growing in your life. You will 
experience consistent victory over the deeds of the flesh. We see this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. These sins will, re- excuse me, will be replaced by good deeds like, of Christ-like service and love to others for Christ's sake. The spirit-filled life results in heartfelt worship and thankfulness to God, along with godly relationships. We see this in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. So I want to conclude by asking, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? After hearing all of this, would some of your closest relatives or the people you're closest to, would they agree? If the Holy Spirit pulled out of your life for a week, would you miss him? Or would your life just go on pretty much as usual? So God has called us to a life of daily dependence on his Holy Spirit. And that can start, if you're not sure, that can start right now. That can start today. starts with you guys. starts with each individual. I don't know where you guys are. If you all can stand with me, and I'll close this in prayer. Father God, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this message. Lord, We I pray that each and everybody today, Lord, that we kind of take a health check of where we are. Lord, are we following your spirit? Are we eager? Are we searching for a deeper relationship and to grow every day? Or have we become content in where we're at? We got to a certain point and we said, ah, this is good enough. Lord, I pray that you fire us back up. Lord, I pray that you, you build a fire in us, that we are hungry for your spirit. We are hungry for your word. We are hunger, hungry to grow in you, Lord, with you, because without you, we are nothing. We cannot do it. Your word says that we're nothing without you. We can't do anything, so everything we do, let it be with you guiding us, Father. I pray as as this church grows, that each individually we are growing. And in turn, as a church, we are growing. And we are doing it for you, Lord, for your glory, not for ours. That you are at the front. You are number one, Lord. I pray that set our hearts right. Set our focus on you. Help us to not be content with where we're at, but be hungry to drive into a relationship deeper and deeper with you, Father. We love you. We thank you for beautiful days. We thank you for this specific moment in this church and where we're at, Lord. Use us individually, together, as a whole. Help us to be whatever it is your plan. Help us to get in to your plan, Lord, and put us where you want us. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, guys. Love you guys. Uh, Have a great rest of your day. And we'll uh, see you Wednesday night. See you guys.